Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the Left of Greg podcast. I am Brian Marin, the host and creator of the show. As always, I will be joined by human behavior expert Mr. Greg Williams, who the show is affectionately named after. Here on the Left of Greg show, our goal is to increase your advanced critical thinking ability through a better understanding of what we call human behavior, pattern recognition, and analysis. If you'd like to find out more about what that is, you can check out our website at arcadiacognorati.com or by following us on Facebook at HBPRA. Please support the show by checking out our Patreon site, where for just a few dollars you can have access to all kinds of episode extras, videos, and short tutorials that are updated weekly. Just click the link in the episode details that says support the show, and it'll take you directly to that site. If you have any questions or would like us to cover a specific topic, please reach out to us at leftofgreg at gmail.com. On today's episode, Greg and I are discussing a recent Lessons Learned blog post that Greg wrote where he tied together three seemingly unrelated topics in order to give a powerful so what. Thanks again for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. All right, Greg. So first pod uh, released in the new year, uh, first one recorded in the new year. Um, so I guess we should probably what start off with what our 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 New Year's yeah. resolutions are. I can't wait to hear what your New Year's <laughs> resolution is. Uh, repair the faulty liver. Do you uh, know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I don't know, Marin. Why, why, why don't you jump in first? I don't do the New Year's resolutions. That's my. Okay. I don't. That's not my thing. I, if you're if I'm going to start a plan or make a change, I just do it. It doesn't have to be on the first of the year or this. I, I mean, I get the whole. It's a new year. It's a new yeah, thing. But. Right. But that usually doesn't work out for a lot of people, so they don't usually yeah, stick but, to their resolution. So if you're going to make a plan, write it down and then execute the plan. Yeah. But so what's the difference? I mean, what's the difference on what day of the year it is? No, and not, I understand yeah. the historical perspective behind that. It just yeah, yeah, yeah. like like I, I started off the the New Year sick as a dog and and don't yeah. know what it is, but uh, yeah, got it's, some kind of uh, pr- problem. And I I mean I thought I was going to go to the emergency room in the early morning hours of the first. And I didn't have a drink, and I went to bed early the, the night before, and there was no drama. And all of a sudden, I'm looking at Shelly like, you know, should I stay or should I go? And it dawns on me. Uh, you can't overdose on stool softener, folks. And so, <laughs> like de-escalation, I would say use it early oh, and use it often. I knew you that never know when You never know when it's going to hurt, I man. Knew, I knew something and, was uh, coming. So, uh, it's not a silent heart attack all the time. Oh, you know geez. the signals. That's disgusting. But, uh, no, you add to that. Uh, no, I'm just saying that whatever your uh, vow is going to be, because you know that uh, th- this week was my double workout week, and I specifically said, okay, it's not going to slow down for Christmas last week. It's not going to slow down for New Year. But I would do that anytime. Brian, you and I have done that on the road. We just pick a day, and we'd say this is the day we're going to release something. So I would tell everybody else, don't don't get all uh, discouraged by yeah. the fact that if fail on one day, win the next day, and celebrate the small victories. Do what Shelly says. You know what I'm saying? Reach out. Yeah. I guess I mean, though I I did happen to start the new my my new workout plan happened to coincide with the beginning of it was that was by chance so it's a new I'm on the you soft have to run from app. the police no it's a strength program and I oh, okay. I can't I can't even walk up the stairs my legs are so sore but you that's know, how I that felt sh- it should but be but it was from a totally different reason Marin it was called <laughs> it was called bloating uh, no I mean uh, the, the uh, here's one thing I want to do. We're going to do a couple of shout outs. Uh, that's a new thing that we'll do this year. We did them last yeah. year. Yeah, you. Uh, yeah. But the, 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 the one thing that I want to do is that there's some people that were really good to us last year. And I want to identify them. And uh, you know that I don't understand FaceTime and UBook and all that new technology. It's uh, not but, new, but 
go ahead. And, uh, <laughs> the, uh, we recently uh, scored a trifecta, I guess, at three people on Facebook liking us. Now, we had a bunch, and uh, it was right over the Christmas and New Year's break. And I want to give a shout out to uh, our good friends, Kevin and Tila, at uh, Dirty Girl Equine Rentals in Gunnison. Now, folks, when you first that sounds like a place I'd like listen to, to that. hang out. At. When you first listen to that, you're going to be saying, "Hold on, covering your kids' ears." Uh, Dirty Girl is uh, actually a, a, the cutest burrow that you've ever seen in your life, and between the the miniature horses and the burrows and all the great stuff they have, what they do is they dress up your wedding. They got this little keg donkey that can walk around, and you can get a beer from it. That's uh, hilarious. They got the little flower girl with the burrow. That's burrow's awesome. Up. Do me a favor, check them out and like them on Facebook. And uh, <laughs> the only other thing I got, Marin, is that that I was really pissed because if you well, know, we, we were supposed to have, yeah, we were supposed to have a different guest. Yeah. We were supposed to have a guest so, on today, but Greg, why so, don't you go uh, ahead? <laughs> well, uh, we we finally got Kasim Soleimani to agree to come <laughs> on the show, and it was the worst possible thing because he's the Cud Brigade leader and all this other stuff. And uh, the the one that set us up with that was R. P. Newman. And uh, so, good job, Newman. Not everyone hates you. And uh, so we had it all set up to have him on the show. And then the next thing we're watching CNN. Uh, and that blows. So all I'm asking the Trump administration, hey, kill whoever you want to kill. I'm all good with that. Do us a favor. Give us like a 24-hour warning so we can at least set up another guest. You know, what's that guy doing? What's that dancing to the oldies guys doing? Oh, we could have had great. somebody. Do you know what I'm saying? That that's we could have texted great. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Too bad we couldn't get him on. Somebody. You know? Well, uh, Kasim's last words were, what's that noise? Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> hey, do you, do you see that? <laughs> exactly. Am I, am I the only one? What's, what's no. That? no, it's what's terrible it? talking about killing many, many people. Yeah. Uh, well, people, I, he's, he's, uh, how, how many, how many people have been killed under his command? Uh, no, Newman, Newman took it personally. New, Newman was actually, uh, asking to do the, uh, what, what is that? Uh, the Dr. Strangelove where the guy's riding down the bomb, hitting the yeah. front of it with the thing. That's what Gunny ever would have been. Wanted. That would have been Gunny Newman yeah. for sure. Yeah. And, and right. I'm sorry if I disenfranchised his three listeners uh, just then with that. So, dirty Girl, Equine Rentals. Look so, so if we randomly yell Dirty Girl during the podcast, yes. that's what you're okay, referring to. Okay, so that's to. a podcast for today. <laughs> so, <laughs> What's so, that knock at the door? Here's what I wanted to do for today, Greg. Okay. And we, we kind of talked about doing it before, but if any of the folks have, have checked out the Arcadia Cognorati website and gone and read Thank the you, lessons, by the way. lessons learned, uh, it's just Greg's uh, writing on different, they'll tie different stories, seemingly unrelated, tie them together and take away the actual lessons learned. So whether that's someone who was killed, uh, whether that, uh, you know, it was a law enforcement officer who died or whatever the situation is, everything from historical perspective, um, the last one about the Detroit uh, fires, uh, I is I totally forgot about that, but I remember my friends who grew up there telling me about that too. Devil's Night, Devil's Night, the night before Halloween with all the fires. But anyway, they kind of tie together and pull away the lessons learned. They're great to read, but I thought this one would actually make a great podcast. So you, if anyone's listening wants the backstory, you can go on that website and read it out. It's it's completely free. So, uh, but the way it started out, Greg, and this is one, we, we have uh, a close personal friend, uh, you know, have known for a long time who has a daughter who goes to a, a large university and this one is in, in Michigan. And so it starts with a story. It, there, there's a little bit more in there, but I want to start at this point of the lessons learned, right? So it starts with the story of something she saw and had to call security and call <laughs> her parents and all that. Yeah. So. Um, and then it goes on from there. So why don't you just start with that story? We'll relay that to everyone. 
um, will tell that story and kind of talk about what she saw and how she was able to articulate things and what you can take away from that. And then we'll just keep going through that, the whole story. Yeah, that's brilliant. And, and it, one thing, folks, if you're listening, networking is hugely important. And you can network on the telephone yeah. or on the text or in person over a cup of coffee. And one of the, the greatest things that Brian and Shelly and, and Martin and I get is when people follow up with us on a thing and say, hey, my kid attended your course, or I attended the course, or I heard something, or this person. And uh, our dear friend's daughter uh, uh, called mom and dad, who are both uh, great friends of us, great friends of the program. Uh, one's a plank holder, both were coppers, one's a registered nurse now. I mean, just the best parents anybody could hope for. And they, they were, you know, we're proud of our kids. How many people have you seen drive by, uh, never the Marin family, but how many no. other families where they say, you know, our kid's an honor student, that kind of stuff. My, my, uh, my father specifically told my brother, if you keep acting like this, you're going to turn out like your older brother. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's a picture of a black guy, and I'd say, I got this from my kid. Uh, so the idea, though, is that some people can be proud of their children, and uh, this guy certainly is. And he calls me, and he goes, hey, I just want to pass something by it that just happened. And uh, this unfolded rapidly uh, on a, on a uh, Saturday morning over – over a, a, a phone call in, in a period of maybe 15, 20 minutes. And he says, uh, my daughter is at the gym or at the uh, library studying. And uh, uh, she's got a couple of friends there. And so they break up. And the way the quad is set up is the male only dorms are on two corners and the female only dorms are in the next two corners, separated by the quad. And then outside of the center of the campus, you have the co-ed dorms. So as she's walking back to her female only dorm, she sees a, a subject in uh, uh, the male is checking his six and continues to try to do a common access card, a swiping card. Like uh, many, many people have uh, a mental image of that, Brian. I don't think yeah. I have to give a deeper explanation. But what was interesting is it's a male who's also uh, in an increased security posture, let's say, that's swiping at an all-female dorm. So, you know, she does the, the, the calculus and says, hey, something's wrong here, and gives him the benefit of doubt and walks up and says, excuse me, uh, can I help you? And he says, oh, isn't this the so-and-so dorm? And starts spinning a yarn. Listen, uh, if you get accosted by somebody, even verbally, and they say, hey, what are you up to? And it's your car. You tell them, hey, it's my car. Push off. You don't come up with a ruse. And this guy immediately came up with a ruse as though, hey, I'm lost. I'm a little mixed up. Uh, sorry about that. And then he quickly leaves. But she follows him for a short time, Brian. And we should talk about that, too, when and when not to, yeah. right? But she follows him for a short time, and she's kind of clandestine holding back. And he's looking around to see if he's being followed and goes to the very next all-female dorm, checking the cat card. So they get together in a little cabal. The daughter calls dad and mom. Dad and mom are on the other line of the phone, and she shares her observations. What they do is they simply yellow pad it. And I would tell everybody out there, get your yellow pad out, get your pen out. And they did the plus-minus column, Brian. They did, okay, if it was an accident, what would it look like? Explanatory storyline. If it, the guy was really lost and just didn't understand that it was an all-female, well, what are the chances, 50-50, that it was going to be an all-female dorm? And then when confronted by somebody, why would he have left? Why would he have said, you know, hey, listen, I'm looking for so-and-so dorm, and then go right to the next female dorm? So what it started looking like when they did the math, Brian, is that this guy was putting on a charade to try to use that access card that he found or stole or made, perhaps, to get into one of the female dorms. And even if we take that as the lowest level of MLMD COA, let's just say that he didn't have nefarious intent. He just wanted to go drop off some roses for his girlfriend. I think the way you do it. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Okay, well, yeah, yeah. It certainly doesn't seem like, right? 
Right. So but before you go down this, so, yeah. they, you know, you determine, OK, it was unlikely that he was at the wrong building or didn't know that because he then went to the next field. So it looked you, like you, he was fishing. Yeah. So you you just said the term explanatory storyline. Yeah. And that's important to understand. Right. Because that's kind of what our brain does. Anytime we're trying to observe something or You're figure exactly out a right. situation has to come up with a story to go. Oh, what's what is this? And that's why we always give the order most, to most, chaos. Yeah. Always the link is an explanatory so, storyline. So most and the more logical most, it is. Exactly, exactly. Right. So that's where we come in with the most likely most dangerous course of action. So you're yes. jumping right into like, OK, if I observe this and this is what I see, um, we, we, you know, we, we can't say you can't jump to unreasonable conclusions. Exactly. So you can like like she did. She said, OK, well, he's likely lost in the wrong place because 99 of 100 times. There's that's, one. That's what it is. So you just said it and you started to go down that path. So you can continue going down that path. Yeah, yeah. But, so, but then what I do is I go, if this, let's assume this to be true. Let's assume him to be lost. What else, what other artifacts and evidence can I gain? What to, would I see, smell, or yeah. feel? What would it be like? So Brian, I would say to do that too with this. That's a great comparison. Okay, so let's say it was a female, the suspect that we're seeing, or the, the person, let's call them, not, not rising to the level of suspect. But we see a female that's repeatedly swiping her cap card. Mm -hmm. And we walk up and we go, hey, what's up? And she goes, I don't know, cold weather, something, it doesn't work. Well, do you stay here? Yeah. Uh, what's your name? Well, I'm Karen. Hey, Karen, what room are you in? I'm in 402. We're done. We know right, right. away that Karen is in 402 and there's no skullduggery. There's no intrigue, right? Well, now, well plus two, even just, just observing someone doing that, right? If you're looking in your cat cards working, what are you staring at the whole time? You're staring at your you're damn card the and the lock and you're, going, what the hell? And looking inside and exactly. seeing if anyone can open it for you and all that. Okay, so exactly. continue. Yeah. But, but, but you're exactly right, Brian. So then the next thing, let's say it's a familiar, but uh, a female, but she's not familiar with the procedure. And then when you come up, she bolts, something like that. Now your suspicions would be more heightened. But the fact that it's a male and the fact that there's no excuse for the male to be there, it, it, let's put it this way. If I wanted to create an explanatory storyline for a male, it would be granddad. And granddad is trying to get the key card to open the door to the girl's dorm because his granddaughter is bringing in the new mattress that they got for the bed. And if you turned, you would see her coming up and he just happened to get to the door first. None of that's happening. So the idea is what you don't want to do is you don't want to play what if games to ad nauseum. You don't want to go so far that you're actually burning daylight and the information doesn't ever make it to intelligence. What you want to do is draw a fast, reasonable conclusion. You don't want to put a round peg in a square hole and the explanatory storyline should fit the ML or the MD COA. And if it ever fits an MD COA, you got to back off. You got to keep observing the situation or take cover. You got to call somebody. So, so sometimes an explanatory storyline will go nowhere and almost all go nowhere because there is no intrigue or drama or danger. Right. The one time that it does, you can't continue to second guess yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's, that's the whole thing about time and distance, right? If you stop for a second and look for those other things, okay, if yep. this is a guy who is helping his girlfriend, daughter, granddaughter, exactly. niece, whatever, what else should I see? And then take yes. a look around. Okay, do I see anyone else coming up carrying stuff? Is he carrying anything? Is it move-in day? What part of this? Those are all... <laughs> right, it's being acted out at every dorm around you. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? But it, you're it, exclusively looking at one. Exactly. And so that's... So We've the, all this done is, that. This is what we're talking about at, at a white belt level to just be able to understand and articulate, right? Because that's all it is, is we already have the knowledge. Just what, what, what doesn't fit here? And then... You're exactly right. Let me give you a quick one. Okay, and you, you'll love this. So we're with uh, police legend Ron Goss. And uh, Clemens is in the car, and I can't remember the other cat that's in the car. So we're in a completely unmarked uh, uh, police vic, and we're headed back from court in, in, in Detroit downtown. 
And uh, we all had to testify at the court. Now we're driving home. And so it's after lunch. We miss lunch. We're all a little pissed because we all worked midnight. And as we're coming up, I look out. I'm in the right rear passenger. I look out and I see a guy. Now imagine this guy up against the wall in the classic position that you search somebody, right? right. So he's got his hands up. He's got his feet back. And he's got somebody with their hand in the center of his back holding a hammer like this. So I go, holy hootenannies, boys. We, we've got an armed robbery in progress right here in this corner of the street. So I'm a little sluggish. I'm a little tired. So I tell police legend Ron Goss, who's driving, and Ron Goss looks over and immediately, man, he hits the binders. We're in a four-point slide. We all jump out, and everybody's reaching for their gats. The building had been broken into the night before. Mm-hmm. The crew was there with uh, four-by-eight sheets of plywood putting them up over the window that had been oh, locked out. Oh, my God. But one carpenter was holding it up. Holding it up. The other carpenter was going to start nailing into the thing. So here we are, and we got and it dawns on us, you know what we could have used here? The gift of time and distance, that nanosecond where we would have put together and said there are other reasonable conclusions. Now, that happens, Brian. You're tired. You're wired. You're thinking bad guys. You just spent the last couple of hours testifying about really bad guys. And here it is dawn, and you're not used to working at dawn. And you see these characteristic moves. And all of a sudden, your, your brain doesn't come to an unreasonable conclusion. It comes to the conclusion, holy, more bad guys. You think that's ever happened to a soldier? You think that's ever yeah. happened? other cop so so you know i was talking about my pains on on new year's i misinterpreted those pains i thought i was having a heart attack you know so so what is in front of you you have to take that apart a little bit part of your brain is going to send up logical inferences because it wants to make order out of cast but every once in a while it's going to send up an illogical one too brian okay that and that's horrible story the, did happen no that's that's hilarious and yeah you 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 know it's it's cognitively close enough to what it is that you're you think you're seeing so therefore that is what you see and that's, that's what your brain thinks and sees so that that's what that's the and truth then your brain it. adds a bunch of chemi- chemicals to yeah. make sure that you'll never forget it right yeah and so i think that's a good point so we'll, we'll get back to to the the story of, of why we're, we brought up the specific story on a college campus in Michigan okay. because we already talked through what she saw and kind of how you can come to these different conclusions. And right there, the guy went on, but he continued to try a, and, you know, get into, yes. obviously get, gain access into another, another dorm. But now that's the point where we obviously have to contact security, be a good witness, write down exactly. what you saw and report it. Right. So, so that's minimum what, what, what she can do right there. But the, the next part of this whole lessons learned is you kind of, you brought in a guy, John Norman Chapman, who yeah, Chapman's I a good guy. For, forgot about and kind of went like John Norman Chapman. Like, and then as I was reading, I was like, Oh, okay. I remember reading about this one before. Right. So here, here's why it's important. So why don't you just go ahead and tell us yeah, something so, about John Norman So here, Chapman. basically, basically folks, and, and he's changed his name and he's still alive. So come get some pal. Uh, if he ever gets out of jail, I'm sure I'll get sued because we bring him up and it happens all the time that somebody comes up and wants to protect the wrong people. Uh, uh, Chapman's milieu was uh, abduction, uh, horrific torture uh, and sexual torture, and then uh, murder and dismemberment. Uh, so that's his, his, his uh, 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 modus operandi, for lack of a better term. But what he needed is he needed to get close enough to a person to fall in love with the thought of that person and that aroused him for a long time even before the abduction brian so he needed access now he prayed on two universities in michigan one of the one that this female uh uh, the daughter of our good friend uh was attending now this happened in the 60s brian 
and right. and he chalked up uh, uh, seven victims. But the idea is that no university goes now. Uh, remember the Chapman story because he might be your dorm mate. He might be the guy offering your ride home. He might be the guy picking you up hitchhiking. Nobody does that. Think of Henry Lee Lucas. Many of Henry Lee Lucas's uh, victims were from him hiding in the bushes watching a university. You think that university has a Henry Lee Lucas wing and has a, a trifold that they give out? No, because it's bad for business. So your responsibility, your safety and security, uh, and th that of your uh, children is largely going to be at your uh, 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 peril. You're going to have to go. Like, have you ever uh, gone to the police station uh, in your jurisdiction and said, hey, has anything bad ever happened at my address? Now, Brian, you, your family, and then back in East Decided Detroit, my family had lived in the dwelling for a good long time, right? Yeah. But many people don't. Many people are transient. And so have you ever asked, hey, before I buy that house, uh, look up on Zillow, what are the bad things that have happened there? Uh, people die in hotels every single All the night. Time. Yeah. So do you think that you're exempt that you've never stayed in a hotel room where there was a suicide or a homicide or, or some other horrific event? Now, if that stuff interests you or intrigues you or... Uh, if you're in our line of business with, you know, prevention, uh, uh, preventive thinking and, and uh, acting left of the bank, perhaps that's the kind of stuff that you would look up. Well, and I, and I think the, the and to the big point about bringing this up is, right, you know, she's telling the story about a guy trying to gain access to a female dorm on a campus in in the state of Michigan. And, and yep. not and this exactly this is exactly what what Chapman did is he gained access to female dorms on a college campus in Michigan. And that was the point of it was that, you know, likely it's a guy trying to, whatever, the situation is benign, they're lost, they are helping someone out. But, but we forget that every once in a while it is, it's that, it's not to scare people, but it's the serial killer who's trying to gain access to a victim, right? So that, that's the so whole what do point. we say? What do we say? Look, almost no one wins the lottery, but somebody always wins a lottery. You're yeah. almost never going to get hit by lightning. But every year we hear people getting hit by lightning. Uh, you're very unlikely to get bit by a shark in your lifetime. Yet every year I hear somebody at off North Carolina losing a leg to a shark. The idea is that you have to uh, expect the best, but also be prepared for the worst. And we're not telling anybody to be paranoid. We're telling somebody that this exact incident that you're describing led to seven homicides just a couple of decades ago. So why can't lightning strike twice, Brian? Why, why shouldn't we be prepared? And if that girl, if that young female had walked away and not told anybody, and then at Thanksgiving next year yeah. said, oh, by the way, how many crimes would be solved by a simple contact or a traffic so, stop or somebody calling in as, like you said, a good witness? So this all leads into the next point of, of not observing, not just observing this or being, you know, what people call situationally aware in their environment, mm -hmm. um, actually reporting something. And we, we'll get to the whole information versus intelligence. But yes, but if you don't have point. any information, you're never going to get good intelligence. Right. So so this this is where it comes to kind of that next case. And, um, you know, we, we talked about it briefly uh, on, on the last podcast, but the, the white, the recent white settlement, uh, Texas church uh, shooting that occurred. So, so same yes. thing, right? You had all these people, I'll let you explain what, what the observations were made because they're detailed and they've all released. Everyone can just Google it and find out what yes. everyone saw. Do your homework, folks. Um, right. But, but, you know, same thing is people are observing uh, anomalies in their baseline. They're observing behavior that doesn't feel, seem, smell, act, feel right to them. But but then then no one does anything until what I would say is way too late. Good on the guy that, so, that killed the shooter, 
exactly. So I'll let you. But we're talking apples and lawn chairs. Go ahead and jump into your perspective of it from that lessons learned. One, we're not going to, we're not going to cherry pick. We're not going to play armchair quarterback. What we're going to do is we're going to try to use this as a springboard to further safety and security in the future. So uh, if you're at home right now and you're not driving in traffic at exorbitant rate or at the gym trying to, you know, pedal your ass off, write down, uh, what do I know? Who needs to know? And have I told them? Try it again. What do I know? That's the first one. Mm-hmm. Who needs to know? That's the second one. And have I told them? That's the third one. That's where information breaks down, Brian. Mm-hmm. Somebody sees something. Uh, uh, think of police story. Uh, it's a missing evidence in the Kellner case. Hey, he was innocent. Somebody <laughs> stepped past a little insignificant, seemingly un- 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 unimportant piece of minutiae. And normally it's in a case for a cold case file, you know, written somewhere, or it's pocket lint, you know what I'm saying, that somebody saw but didn't think about, or a shoe impression or transfer evidence, right? Or it's or it's a or it's a it's a punchline in a naked gun movie, which you just there you go. That's <laughs> a referenced. So <laughs> but, folks, outside of this room, food and shitty television and movies, I have no life. But the idea is that if you think that what you're seeing is novel or nuanced or interesting and you can't account for ML and you keep coming up with that most dangerous course of action, what's going to happen is your brain is going to say, listen, this is so novel. I don't want to waste calories on it. Or your brain is going to say, yeah, and you're going to already start running by the time that you say, yeah, and you already start running, it's too late. So what happens is three or more clues along any spectrum has got to be enough for you to do something. And that action, that decision is hugely important. So let's let's look at the situation. So, yeah, let's look at what was actually found out in the subsequent okay. investigation or interviews from what and, was and actually again, going on inside the church prior prior to anyone firing any rounds, any So guns. our information is based on what's being reported. Right. Uh, we actually have a, a, a friend of one of our plank holders that's uh, a uh, law enforcement presence in the uh, city. I don't want to get uh, uh, too into that because it's up to them to contact us, not vice versa. Yeah. Uh, but this gentleman, <clears throat> uh, uh, early uh, in 2012, I believe it was, uh, during a restraining order, there's information out uh, that he was uh, soaking his uh, uh, football in, in uh, flammable liquid and playing catch with his kid. And if his kid wasn't <laughs> okay. going to do it, uh, he would beat up his kid. Uh, threatening his I'm old, not going to lie. That sounds uh, like, you know, um, a, a good Friday like night a with the boys. Thing. Yeah, yeah, like we're but, just having too But the idea, was, the idea was if you put these grains uh, that were in this, this protection order together, you could see that it was a level of increased violence leading to arson, right. and, weapons. Okay. But that, but, that's, that's all good. But, but you, I'm not going to know that sitting in church. Right, right. But what I'm trying to tell you is that what you have to do is you can't just know this as a wife or a parent or a mother and not inform other people about gotcha. it. Do you get what yeah, I'm trying yeah, to say? Yeah, yeah. So, so if you're sitting it's, it's, it's on that information. It's part of the takeaway lessons learned. Yes, I got gotcha. you. So, so listen, and we could go back to, to the kid who killed, uh, or shot rather, uh, Gabby Gifford. Uh, right, uh, and, yeah. And the same thing. His parents knew. His parents knew he stole they the car. His parents knew that he had the bags, everything else, but they didn't want to get him into further trouble or say anything else. So that's what I'm saying. That's our first ice cube tray. Now let's go to the next ice cube tray. Uh, this cat had been known to some of the parishioners and certainly some of the security personnel because he showed up to get free meals, but he would also get violent, uh, if they wouldn't give him money. And they said, no, it's not our policy. And so they had a couple of dealings with him where he increased his level of violence during those portions. Okay. Now that's our next ice cube tray. 
Now we go to the third ice cube tray. He shows up on Sunday morning in Texas wearing a winter coat. Okay. Next ice cube tray. He's wearing a fake beard and a wig. Okay? And that was now, identified, meaning people in there saw who that. knew him compared that and told other people about it. Some people moved away from him. Some people notified security. And security at that point actually sent one of their team leaders up to the camera and said, focus on this guy. Something's wrong over here. Now, none of those actions taken alone are illegal. And if we leave them in their individual ice cube trays, right hey. at that moment, Brian, it hasn't raised our threshold. Right. But if we create a constellation and let each one of those bits of information float in the air, and then we put on our lenses of the six domains and we go through there, they start coalescing. And the coalition that you see, the, the coalescing that you see yeah. is not leading to a most it, hey, it's not Halloween and we're about to do the apple dip thing, whatever they call that. What's happening is that, that this guy has reached a threshold inside of his brain and yeah. things aren't going right. Now, as we go on, it gets to the point where some security moved down close to him. And I feel so bad, Brian, it's hard for me to talk about the, the deacon, the pastor that's closest to him. Folks, if, if you want to see, if you want to understand more about human behavior and uh, uh, see the physiological responses of, uh, we call them biometrics, of fear, this guy pulls out a three-foot-long shotgun. Anybody that was trained at that point, he would have never got the shotgun out of his jacket. They would have mobbed him. They would have jumped on him. Even if it was a body bomb at that point, something no would have been done. It, yeah. Nothing was done. Uh, uh, and that's another function of training. And I'm not bagging on these guys. Right. I'm telling them they're great with the firearms, but I yeah. bet they never tackled anybody. I, I mean, it's just a different standard. Let's get to that in a minute. But the, the poor deacon sees the gun come up, and it takes him three-quarters of a second and watch him. He goes immediately rigid, and he's not moving correctly. That's because when that cortisol dumped, mm -hmm. now his adrenal cortex is pushing, the norepinephrine is working. This is the should I stay or should I go, folks. We call it fight, flight, or freeze. Nothing on him. He's not a coward. It's just his brain can't assimilate all this incoming yeah. information. So now he's in that focus lock. Now he's caught in that moment, and the bad guy wasn't. And the bad guy comes up and shoots him and shoots the threat next to him, and, and the order is reversed, but it doesn't matter because they're both dead. And the idea is that everybody else now goes into survival mode, drops down, right. and the shooters go into shooting mode. And that's fine. That's fine. This 71-year-old this guy and, and God, Buddha, Vishnu, Allah, gave him all those resources with, to be there at that moment to, to, to neutralize the threat, Brian. But we can't do that balancing act and say, hey, listen, we only lost three this time. So, so here is, look at all those points on that continuum that we've just created with just these little evidentiary pictures. If you see, smell, feel, taste something different, and it feels contrary to the baseline, it, it, it's dichotomous. It doesn't seem to fit. That incongruent signal is screaming, danger, warning, Will Robinson. That's when you have to act, Brian. And act by absenting yourself, leaving Act by well, crawling under the pew. Because the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to be embarrassed and go, hey, my bad, it was nothing. Well, that, and that's what I'm saying. If you're seeing enough, obviously, the, the, the one female there said, literally, you know, I, I noticed him from the moment he sat down. Yes. Okay. His behavior was so distracting that she couldn't sing or pray. So this she woman probably goes pray. to church every Sunday yep. and a very active Christian person and says, I'm so overwhelmed with fear and being uncomfortable. Something is pinging so hard in my brain to go 
like you just said, danger, warning, Will Robinson, focus on the threat, focus on the threat, that she couldn't sing or pray. So she's literally rendered speechless and can't do something that she's probably done every day of her life for 38 Our years. Our friend's daughter goes to school at that university. She goes to the library every day to study. She comes back and forth to her dorm mm -hmm. room every single day. But this novel observation of a male swiping the card over and over and looking around was enough that she had to call her parents. That's what I'm talking about. There is that thing where you're doing the should I stay or should I go? And I'm telling you, Brian, more lives will be saved at that time if you give yourself the gift of time and distance and call somebody. Back up, observe, take cover. Look, you know what a cop is going to tell you if the cop comes up and goes, hey, it was the paper boy? And by yeah. the way, folks, a lot of people call in the paper boy. Sneaking around the neighborhood in the morning, no lights mm -hmm. on their car, pulling into a driveway. Yeah, it was bunny. It's called in every day, yeah? Yep. <clears throat> but how many, what, what, what's a cop going to come up and tell you, hey, stop calling the police? No, you're not calling for a Domino's. You're not calling on a gosh darn, you know, complaint about string trimmer. You're saying, I don't, I can't equate what's going on here. And it might be criminal. Uh, it might be homicidal, negligent, terrorist uh, inspired. And a cop is going to thank you. We say all the time, see something, say something. But people don't have the context for which to put in their observation. So that and that goes into a number of things. So why isn't it? So you, I mean, you look at the description that just that that woman sitting there right next to him said. What is it about that? Why can't people get past that? Because they, she said, I, I know that, and this came out. Remember that that you know she told her husband, I think, like, all right, hey, yep. after soon communion, as communion. communion yep. as soon as communion is over, we're gonna get away from this guy. All <laughs> yes. right, so. So why isn't it that right there someone can go and because to me, I'm guessing you, you don't have that file folder. If you've never thought, hey, this could be a guy that's going to come yep. in here and shoot the place like we're, we think that way. Right. But but we're trained to think that way. And we so 25 years ago, Memphis Lounge, Shelly's uh, 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 on one block. I'm on another block. We get a call that goes out. Uh, shots fired inside the Memphis Lounge. Don't know if I can say that place, but good on you. you just uh, nine times out of ten. It's the greatest bar in the world. <laughs> Uh, won't tell you what city it's in, uh, but uh, on this absolute night uh, of terror, uh, what happens is we go in and, and uh, a gentleman had killed another gentleman in front of the date uh, over a love thing. Uh, read it, uh, Romeo and Juliet, every other story about a romance, but this one went bad. So we finally get the lights up inside the place and the music down. We start doing our interviews and uh, we catch the guy and it, it, it ended poorly for everybody. The girl doesn't have her boyfriend. The guy doesn't have his uh, life and a guy's in prison for the rest of his life. But as we went around, what amazed me is all these little tables and booths and the people that were dancing, uh, they tell us the same thing. Immediately when a guy walked in, we knew something was wrong. Yep. I kept his uh, hands inside a three-quarter length jacket. Guy had dark glasses on, had a hat pulled down. Guy had his shoulders up like this and backed away. Everybody is dancing. Everybody's eating. This guy's not doing anything. He doesn't answer the bouncer, walks over to a table. You can see that he's got this predatory look and mission focus, and he's got this mission that he's going on, yeah? And he goes over to the table and immediately faces the guy, says something. Nobody knows what he said. They couldn't hear it over the thing. Bang, 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 and then the guy flees. Everybody gave us a knockdown, drag-out account from the minute the guy walked in till the minute he shot. You know how many phone calls we got? None. You know how many people went up and tried to stop the yeah. event from happening? None. After the guy left, then somebody notices, then the screams start and everybody calls. Why? One, somebody doesn't want to get involved. Two, uh, maybe you're second guessing yourself. Oh, no, it didn't. Denial jumps in. Do you get what I'm trying to say? And yeah. you're saying, maybe I didn't see that. Maybe you're scared. The idea is that at those early stages, 
you still have the chance. Like in this case, maybe you never had the opportunity, but if we draw all the, the reasonable conclusions, the guy said, I'm going to kill that bastard if I find him with her, or all this other stuff. If we put those things together, this, this rich tapestry, this mosaic will add up to an MD Koa. Every time we reach an MD Koa, Brian, we can do something about it. It's too late to do something about it when you go, I knew it was going to happen. And how many people have told us, I knew it was going to be him, that person that unwound and became homicidal? How many times? Yeah, how it, many times did somebody know that the pieces were there, but they told no one else? It, it, right. And, and that, that happens a lot. And, and there's a lot of interest in, in how some people can do it and put those pieces together. Like e even though this woman that I just described her, her eyewitness testimony, yep. right, from inside didn't do anything, she still observed it. So it's like, you know, and had the presence of mind to say, to, let's to move. Think about her kid and talk to her husband. And they both came to the conclusion, yeah, we should move. Okay. That's amazing so, to me. Right, right. So, so it's it's good, but but it, it didn't rise to the threshold of like, hey, what's Activity, going on? Get decision. on here. And and you know what? Part of that, I, part of that comes into an actual security plan, right? So this church had security officers there, and this guy that killed him was he was spot on, man. He's running a gun. Uh, he does. He probably runs the range all the time, right? He's doing classes. He's an instructor. Everything so, he so, did was right. Yeah, yeah, but but they probably didn't have a plan of how do we notify our security guards to do something or this is an act like, so there's the policies. And What's our de-escalation? What's the we internal had, community? Cause that's the other thing is, okay, we had a guy and, and yeah. they had, they had the best guy you could get, right? They literally had one of the best you could get. And, and, and still two people died because they didn't have a, another plan. But, but my point is yeah. maybe, maybe this damaged human maybe didn't have to die in that day. Okay, maybe why well, the victims definitely tackled. didn't have to die. No, no, they certainly yeah. didn't, and yeah. he had no right doing it. I'm not. Hey, don't, don't. I'm not shedding a tear for this guy. Uh, he does have a kid, and he has a former wife, and all that right. other stuff. But I'm saying intervention, lower calorie intervention, left of the event, Brian, is much uh, uh, better a better trade off than rolling the dice at the event and figuring out what the body count is afterwards. Yeah. And, and so, so this is what, what gets into it. And some people are, are good at doing it. I, I, I got to look it up. I, I don't have it on me right now, but there was a case of not long ago, maybe a couple months ago, uh, where the kid came into school with a shotgun and yep. like the coach, the teacher, teacher in the hallway, yeah, yeah walked Brilliant. right up to him, gave him a hug, was like, nope, nope. Like and the he, other kid came up and grabbed the gun, yeah, kind yeah, of off the side. Just completely, I, I, I cried like a big yes, boy. It, it was like an absolute. I get, I actually just got chills just thinking about it because yep. it's like emotional. Because that coach, that mentor, that guy walked up and saw the broken human being that was standing in front of him and said, "Oh man, like you're, we're not going to go down this path," and ended it right there. Ended it right there. So it's like some exactly. people can have the ability to do it if you know what you're looking for. But that man, I would love to get him on here to go. Hey, here's my life experiences because he has that tacit knowledge that he didn't yeah, yeah. Even know he because had. We, right? What we want to do is we want to find that Superman or Superwoman yeah, doesn't exist. Jack Gene. Bauer doesn't exist. Yeah, and so there is no such thing. Yeah, and everybody out there, everybody that's listening to this broadcast or watching, you have the ability to do that because your missing piece of the Kellner case might be the one that solves it for somebody else. Brian, how many times we've we been on the glass watching something and all of a sudden something's going on and you go, "What did that guy say?" And you go back and you go, hey, uh, you know, uh, Alpha Actual, what did you just say about the sled? And he goes, oh, it's riding dirty. The back end yeah. is down or something. And that was the bit of information we needed to put it together to go, hey, dude, that's a V-bid. You, you think about how many times a case was solved 
by this minimalist information that somebody possessed. But for whatever reason, that kid was in the back of the stack on the patrol and didn't think it was important. Every observation is important. Not all information will ever reach the level of intelligence. And it can't without your perceptions and observation. If somebody doesn't know, if somebody doesn't know, wow, that's a queer smell. I'll tell you right now, folks, uh, you ever smell nail, nail file, polish uh, remover, that, that stuff? Okay, that's associated commonly with explosives. We had times where people came up to us and you're asking them, okay, did you see any bombs, bomb components, see this, that, and nope, 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 nope. And then you're walking around and the guy goes, hey, but there was that smell of whatever. You get what I'm trying to say? And you're going, oh my gosh, why didn't they tell us that earlier? You might be sitting on information. And the police department for that guy in the story that we started with, the police department may be searching for that guy. He might be the morning bandit. They already got a name for him, Brian. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And if that person called, they could have captured him. You got to think about those things. If you want to stop violence, if you want to stop criminality, you got to say something if you see something. Yeah, but and that and that's the thing is that that where I hate that saying if you see something oh. say something, but it because oh, you know, it doesn't mean anything. But but in the case of who we just talked about on the on the campus college campus, she saw something. Yep. And said something. She didn't know. Yep. She just saw it. This is unusual. I'm going to tell someone about it. And you may never that's, find out that what you but, did solved the crime, but that's not you, what you're doing. You, you have no idea what that led to. Maybe that guy was wanted for something. Maybe he yep. was, uh, you know, whoever, but, and went, you know what? The people around here, uh, they're kind of a hard target. I'm going to go somewhere else. So exactly. maybe he doesn't get apprehended, but he doesn't victimize you or your family. And that's a win. I mean, that, that that's, is you a have win. to celebrate a small win, right? Like celebrate Shelley says, those small wins. Exactly. And, and that, that's what you can do. Are you going to get, are you going to, you know, get rid of crime? No, but you can minimize it. You can make yourself a harder target. So, you, you know, this goes into, cause we're talking about the, the church and, and you, all these situations is, um, you know, the, the, the kind of, so what about training? So what, like the, the guy, the security guard, um, that, that killed that church shooter, Dude's running a gun, doing reloads, shooting targets, all that stuff his whole life, man. Just that's yep. just a good that's old him. boy from from Texas that just he did it. You know, that's but we're going I like I love it. That's so much fun. I love doing that stuff. It's great. Uh I got friends that are like would can do stuff with a gun, would you you know make you cry blow your yep. mind. You're yep. just like, I'll never be that good. Um, how do you know what to shoot at? I always ask them. They're like, Well, no. I'm like, Well, you're pinging steel yeah. and you're rolling yeah. around on and the you're ground, the best I've ever seen. And you're so good. Exactly. But let's throw some sim rounds in that gun and go inside the house and we'll have a conversation. At some point something will happen and let me know how you do. And it's just a different idea. And and so one of the things you always you always point out and and we always say is, you know, that you know, training must include emotion and cognition. And this gets into kind of that, uh, we can go a million directions with this, but that emotion and cognition is extremely important, right? And some guys take that the wrong way uh, when they try to be like, all right, well, you got to be able to, you know, operate your weapon system under stressful situations. Okay, well, that makes sense. Like be able to reload using muscle memory when it's chaotic. Right, muscle memory to motor skills. That, yes. That's a, that's an important bridge. But go back, Brian. So what's muscle memory? But that's just repetition. Like you, rep okay. you do something over and over and over again. That's myelinization in the brain. You have creating those neural pathways, whether it's so, riding a so bike. So then we've got to add on yeah. motor skills to that. Yes. So the gross motor skills and fine motor skills mean, okay, so uh, for example, we, we had a, a, a training course up in Avon, Colorado that we did uh, for an event that was happening. And it was invitational. So a whole bunch of uh, state, federal, local uh, SWATs and everybody came. And there was a part where you had to drive up 
you had to be able to figure out which of the, the shooting gates, uh, each which looked like a different store establishment. We spent time and money. Uh, each had a different address on them and all were similar. So you had to drive up to the location as you started getting out of your scout car for real, driving through cones yeah. to a location. Radio call came. Now you have to answer the radio, uh, not just shooting. Okay, the line is hot the whole time. Yeah. And then you get a, hey, the, the person just left that building. And you go into the building, and now all of a sudden, here's a shoot situation. There's an officer down. It's the drag dummy. You got to go over, and you have to give first aid to that while the other officer is covering you trying to get back to your police vehicle. All this stuff is happening at once. Why? Because if you take the muscle memory, and if you take the motor skills, and you don't add the cognition component thinking through the event, then what's going to happen is there's no critical thinking going on, and all you're doing is pulling the, the trigger till your gun is dry. Okay. And that's absolutely fantastic. Okay. But if that's all you want to accomplish here, there's other people there. What if this guy would have had a com an accomplice that would have changed the math completely. What if he would have used a ruse as a distraction before he started shooting, there would have been a higher body count. Those poor old people that are there uh, are never going to be the same. I think of Nelly. I think of my mom. I think of your mom. Can you imagine? They don't know what it's like. Why do people still say in the mall? Hey, I think I heard a balloon pop. Right. I thought I heard a car backfire because they don't have an emotional memory link with that. Nobody has taken them cognitively, realistically through what's going to happen. Nobody said, okay, right now we're going to stop the sermon and I'm going to assume that uh, somebody is going to fire shots. So folks in the front row, kids, stay in your seats. Don't be surprised. Uh, this is training now that's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, Clint, uh, Levi, and Bubba, do me a favor, stand out. Now, folks, I don't know if you know Clint, Levi, and Bubba, but they're our security team, and right. they provide security. Well, why can't we do that? Brian, the more that we do that, and we've done that with events, and we've done that at, at locations, and people go, wow, that was easy. It didn't cost a penny. How many times did we go through entire courses where not a round was fired, but between here, this very important six inches in mine, uh, eight or nine, uh, uh, is so critical <laughs> to create those file folders for realism if not, when the knife comes out, when the gun comes out, you're going to make a mistake. And your brain won't, your brain doesn't say, hey, you're making a mistake. Does it no. do that? No, nope. your brain goes, you're, ah, you're absolutely right. Close, from here. Close you know enough, but I go for so, it. So we have to prevent that. And I think that's the essence of, of two things. One, you got to go from, from muscle memory motor skills to something, and you have to go from information to something. Do you see? So actionable intelligence is worthwhile. Uh, uh, emotional memory and using cognition and training is worthwhile. That's got to be what we evolve to. That's got got to be what we we stress in training. Well, and I think it's remembering and understanding what's a you know what's actual scenario based training and what is yes. part task training, right? Because no, like exactly. like all that time, you know, it, and it's no different. You know, if it's you're you're on a workout plan, right, or you're some competitive athlete all that time you're spending in the gym is, is part task training for that event that you're going to, right? Yes. So, so whatever that event, that scenario is at that event, you're, you know, the, today I'm working on this muscle group or this lift or this, uh, skill because exactly. it's, it's, that's all part task training. Well, that's what you're doing on a live fire range, right? That, that's all you're doing is part task training. You can come up with all the scenarios you want on there, but there's no one shooting back at you. There's no one Precisely. you're interacting with. So, so, you're, so you're not, it's not real. It's paper, it's steel, and you need those skills. Yeah, even but though you're good part, at it. It's part of a task. So, so I've, I've had people tell me we're doing, and you're right on. And, and folks at home, listen to what Brian said, replay it a couple of times. Now I add this component. People tell me, okay, so then I have them run around the block before yeah. they shoot. Okay, but that's not the same. No. That's still a part task. Now what you're adding is cardio to it, this other level but, of training. 
but it's all in that same realm of muscle memory and, and, and major muscle group training. It's not cognition training. No. Cognition training would be then to add to that component, looking downrange and having an array of likely targets, right? Yeah. Like, like, let's say uh, uh, three wide by three deep. You get what I'm saying? So nine targets to choose from as a timer is going and the light is dimming on those targets, yet you have to shoot the only target that poses the most dangerous threat. That would be cognition training. Do you understand what I'm trying right. to say? But then take it, that's still part task, part task right. take it to the next level where all of a sudden now you have to handcuff the person that you just shot while calling on the radio for an ambulance and coordinating the other cover and getting people to, to leave the building safely. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So now all those coordination levels and then take it to the next level where you're sitting on the stand. Uh, so state your name for the record. My name is Greg Williams. And what, do you see what I'm trying to say? That's 360 training, Brian. That's training for the real event. And if you're not doing that in your agency, you haven't gone far enough. Yeah, and that, that that's a good point. I mean, we 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 talk about about training a lot, and and even part task little scenarios, the tactical decision games, things you can walk through and do and talk through, and that's that's just as important that all that that trigger time on the range and as absolutely long as you understand. So my always thing is like, well, wait a minute, you're spending so much time on just this part task training, like just this one narrow bandwidth of this whole entire operate everything you have to be why are you only getting super 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 good at this one thing right yeah. well you know we gotta we gotta spread load that when, when it comes to that and i and i think even just what, what you're talking about is, you ever see a person that that just works on the biceps <laughs> at the, the gym? Same thing. and what's it look like I when they that. walk by you and I you're going a, oh i gotta work out at a at a at a globo gym now because i don't have the time to drive out to my buddy's training facility um and yeah you you see a lot of that you see a lot of this i'm like dang this dude's got some huge guns and chest yep. and then you're like oh he can't squat what's wrong with you man like come on that's exactly. not a squat that's like a little what are you doing throw some plates on there and put your ass on the ground let's go um no it's the same it's the same thing but it, it, that's a that's a good analogy for for what we're talking about and getting those because because we talk about uh you know that emotion Emotional training, uh, cognition training, Emotion all and that. cognition, yep. And it's important to know how to even do that because you even brought up like the, okay, you're going to run around. Like there's guys, I've done stuff where it's like, all right, you got to do, you got to run here. You got to carry the dummy. You got to do some kettlebell swings. You're all in full kit. You got your carbine yep. on your, like around your back. You're carrying something. Then you got to run up and go through this shooting course. And that's, hey, that's simulating a stressful situation. And I go, okay time out stop right. I'll, I'll run your drill absolutely hey that was tough that gassed me i'm breathing i'm like yep. ready to throw up okay you want to know but 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 that's physiological stress yep that, that's what it is that's doing a workout and shooting physiological stress i go here i told the guys all right hey look i'll show you a stress shoot and i was like okay so get up on the line gave him a real difficult course of fire with a real short amount of time limit and i said if you fail it you get one chance if you fail it you're fired and you're going home and then it's there like, you go. holy crap. Everyone's like, tick, what the hell? Tick, tick, tick. I mean, yep. you want to talk about watching guys' hands shake and loading magazines. That's far, that, that event right that's there. Stress. That's so, stress. So, Putting you on a but, timer is going to exactly. do more for you than-, than But what than, you've done, Brian, yeah. is you've just said, I will endeavor to not stop thinking when the shooting starts. But we're still where, Brian? We're still yep. at bang. bang. So yep. each of these part task elements are- at bang and right of bang, which is cool because you need those as part of a 360 training. But what about that left of bang component where 
There was so many potential de-escalation strategies, and we're picking on this one like a bone, but we could be picking on the Pulse nightclub shooting. We could pick, yeah. I, I'll give you a perfect example, Brian. Uh, you and uh, uh, Shelly and Martin and I are, are uh, uh, reading through Dean C. Alexander's uh, 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 work on, on terrorist factions and the family connections, the family network to terror. Right. And, and one of the stories he relates in there is so important that four of the, uh, uh, of the uh, 9-11 uh, hostage takers that, that actually brought down the plane, the terrorists, um, were contacted by police and had arrestable offenses, uh, uh, do not fly orders, FBI watch list, all this other information that happened well before 9-11. Read it, folks. Uh, look it up. Dean C. Alexander's all over the place. You can find and do your research. The idea, Brian, is that can you imagine that's half of the terrorists on September 11th that could have been taken out of the game by savvy people in law enforcement and others that had encountered them and that came up well before September 11th. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about, look, if you want to solve crime or terror, terrorism or pedophilia or, or child trafficking or whatever it is that you want to do, the first thing you got to do is open your eyes. And your eyes are just one of your senses. And the information that you see, smell, feel, taste, or, 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 or uh, uh, hear is probably that bit of information that they need. And your stress training now, so yes, we have the physical stress and you have to have the emotional stress compiled with it or it's worthless. Uh, 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 be on a knee talking to the kid or a witness as now that target board turns and now you have to safely negotiating moving from that to a position of cover or deciding to take the kids for cover. Those are all great strategies, but again, it's at bang. So right. you have to have components like, 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 uh, uh, you know, dials, like wheels, like a, what's that wheel called? The roulette wheel, yeah. uh, where each one of those pieces uh, adds onto how good you are, you know? So you got to flip the, the tire. You, you got to do the, the thing with yeah. the ropes. You got to climb the rope, but you got to do it all. And people are going to say, I just don't have time. Well, yeah, that all comes into what level you're at and what you're doing. You know, I, the, the other thing is you, you have to do it. Uh, you know, I love uh, you gas station training, yep. right? So every time I pull into a gas station, okay, let's set up a routine for every time. I'm going to do a full loop if, if it loops around. If not, yep. I'm at least going to look behind there and see who's hanging out, right? Uh, then I'm going to pull up to the pump. Then I'm going to take a look at all the vehicles that are there. And then you're going to look through the glass into the inside of the actual gas station yep. that you may have to go into, whether you have better to go see in there people, or not. Yep. And they better not be they doing this. Have their hands up <laughs> and someone <laughs> that's, writes, Folks, that's a good sign. No, we have and, that copy written. Yeah. And, and and that's that's the thing. It's like then you get Spot out on. and you fill up your gas tank, and it just that that. And when you fill up your gas tank, what are you doing? Are you doing the windows? Are you texting? Are you doing something? No, you've got that handle on, and you're actively walking the W, Brian. You're looking around, and you're hey, how many times have you walked the L or walked the W? And somebody comes up and goes, hey, you got to throw a piss, and it's like no, nah, I just, just want to be under that bullet. Do you yeah. get what I'm trying to say that's coming in? And that's not paranoia. That's a good habit to get into. It's, it's just a, that's what we're saying. It's a, it's a building that, uh, building those good habits because that's the one too. Maybe you don't want to get harassed by homeless Pete. So maybe yep. you're going to pick a different gas station because you saw him and you knew he was going to come up and contact someone. All right. So you go Dude, down the street to a different one. So I'm, I'm coming through the airport in Montrose and uh, shout out to Montrose. Montrose was like us last night, uh, uh, 22 below. Uh, and Montrose never gets that cold. So, so they're, for us, they're, they, they're you know what, covering the peaches Greg, and bananas and everything. So Greg, it was, it was actually 22 below here uh, in San Diego. We, what we, we mean by 22 below, that's below 70 degrees. So yeah, it was 48 this morning. <laughs> so, so I had to fly in uh, uh, after our last foray, Brian. I had to fly in Montrose. You know, the, the Gunnison flights just wouldn't get me the connection and then drive that long drive home. 
So uh, I land at Montrose, uh, uh, get my parking validation and everything, and I go to the local uh, gas station. So same thing, there's three gas stations that I can choose. So I drive around the one that looks like, okay, nobody's paying attention. I pull in and I'm getting fuel. Just now, old homeless Pete steps out. And yep. He's got all his used, his, uh, used military gear. Now that's mm-hmm. the newest thing where, yeah. where every homeless guy looks like a, a boot coming through the <laughs> training because they got all their gear. They, yeah, they do. Now. Yeah. So this guy's got everything and he's looking at me and he's got this Bowie knife in his back and he's putting all his gear on and his little hat and everything. And he makes eye contact with me like three times and three times the charm. Yep. So I look at him and I go, hey, I'm starting this. You yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and start so, the conversation. And he then. goes, just got a dumb question for you. I go, no questions are dumb, but go ahead. And he goes, can you tell me which direction Durango is? It was oh so novel. God. It was so novel. Now, look, I don't know how you got to where you are, buddy, but yeah. you're in Montrose, Colorado. The only road in the area goes north and south. You have to go a couple of miles to go east and west. And those two routes transcend the state. They go through the whole state. So he didn't want any money. He just didn't want to walk a long way in the wrong direction. That's hilarious. I, I was like, hey, good on you, buddy. Have a great day. Uh, but the idea, folks, is that those little things, those little observations and contacting a person first or leaving, I mean, just hanging up the pump and risk getting a drive off. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Because you thought that the stakes were not in your, uh, uh, in, in your favor. That's okay to do. Those are part of the training that they should have done. In, and not just that church, because we're not bagging on that church. But look, if no, you're it's not. And or if it's at, uh, uh, you know, if you're a member of Knesset or you're a member of uh, an organization, you got to say we are armed and this is what we're going to do if we sense a threat. And there may be chemical aerosol spray, which will disorient you. So you need to get out of the line of fire. And please, even though you want to scream, those are discussions that have to happen. And when we see the accidents uh, or the uh, incidents in New Zealand and Australia and Europe on, on uh, London Bridge, Brian, those are the type of discussions I want to have with my kids and my kids' kids to prepare them for those events yeah. so they're not surprised and shocked by them and then now in terror and unable to act when they do occur. Well, and, and that's, uh, you know, you gave the perfect example of in, in the church of how you do a rehearsal and, hey, folks, this is how it's going to be. And, hey, reach across the aisle, well, just like you do in church. Hey, yes. show up, you know, sign a piece and shake hands and meet everyone around you. Right. I, I, we had to do that every mass. And, you know, back when I still went to church when I was forced to in Catholic school. But but that's a, that's the whole point is you're it was a Catholic school. It was called Boys Town, Brian. That's why there were bars on the window. It was. Yeah, Holy well, Moses. Is that why your I dad lying. sent you to military school? Just be honest. <laughs> so, oh man, he he if he could have afforded to at the time he would have. Exactly. So he would have he would have passed me off as someone else's problem. Uh, that was the best when my brother gave me that call. You know what dad said to me the other day? He sat me That's down and great. said, if I keep acting like this, I'm going to turn out like you. Like, and and the, <laughs> the problem is, folks that are listening in, that happened at 10, at, at 15, at 20. It just it, happened at it Brian's happened yeah. Exactly. So just so yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. So I'm but, sorry, Michaela. But the, the point is, is doing those simple rehearsals. Hey, what are what are we going to do if this occurs? But, but anyway, it goes back to, hey, that outward sign. Hey, especially in a church. How do you make a church safer? Get all these people a little bit of training to understand and then reach across the aisle. Because if they exactly. would know someone, if they would have gone up to him and again said, hey, Brian, brother, how you doing? What's going do on? Do we do fire drills? Yeah. We yeah. do fire drills all the time, but nobody does the type of drills that we're talking about. Look, uh, uh, it's 22 below. All right. Yeah. So, so you, you have, have to, to think about things. What about my windshield wipers failing? What about the, the rubber failing? And now I've got a frost or snow-covered windshield. What about the, the uh, windshield uh, fluid 
that I put inside my sled. If it's not rated, like most of them are rated to 32 degrees. Okay, I'm, I'm uh, what, 55 uh, past that? I didn't go very well in school. Yeah. Uh, what about the battery if the battery craps out? What about your own house? You go down to the, the corner to check the mail and you come back and you find that all the locks on your house have frozen and you can't turn any of them, okay? Or your garage door opener is frozen in the down position because of the melt. If you don't rehearse those stupid little things, uh, Heimlich maneuver, have you discussed it with your kid? Hey, you might be the one that needs it, not your kid. Uh, they showed a great video on TV the other day where the woman brought in a choking baby and the two cops worked together to dislodge it. Those cops were scared shitless, but they remembered their training, Brian. Training changes behaviors. It changes your neurochemistry. It changes how you perceive the threat because you start breaking things down early. And, and you have to do it before the bang because during bang, you're going to be too busy. You're going to be too busy. Yeah, you're, you're, you're well, and you're, you're going to, you're not going to rise to the level that you, you think you will. Obviously, I, nope. I, there's a lot of people out there who understand that, but, but for, for just general purposes, it, it's not, this isn't something you have to become some Jedi master at, right? No. You can, you can you do, aspire so, to making a difference. That's simply it. That's, yeah. And, and as, as annoying it is, it, it, as it is sometimes for a lot of us, like, like my, like myself to, to talk to other humans, yes. it's the easiest way to, to, you know, diffuse a situation, to figure out what's going on. You got to just walk around and be, Hey, what's going on? How's your day today? What's this? Hey, you, you know, crack jokes, be, be silly because and if somebody says something to you, folks, be prepared for that too. So somebody will say something to you, like, what are you, a cop? And you look at them and say, no, I'm scared. Your behavior is scaring me. I yeah. mean, those are legitimate things that will de-escalate a situation almost immediately. Well, dude, I didn't mean to scare you. And it's like, hey, look, I'm an older guy, man. Do you have a gun? What's going on? Those are the types of things, that information that we talked about earlier, Brian, that if you have the training, you'll be able to pull that off with confidence. And, and competence breeds that confidence. And they're interconnected. It goes the opposite way, too. Right. Right. Well, how come people are still stuck at this? Uh, and it's not, I mean, everyone talks about, Hey, we want to prevent this. We want to prevent that. And then you come up with a plan. And I don't think a lot of them realize like you're, you're still at bang. Like you yeah. go to the church, like, Hey, we, we've got, we've got guys for this. We've got our armed security team and they're good. And they were good. They were and, good. And, yeah. and, and, and they are good, but like what it, it, we're still so focused on, okay, when this happens, here's what we're going to do. So why can't we get pat? Why can't, why do you think your opinion of well, what is it as a society or people as a whole, you know, you get some people that have it at hello and, and totally understand it and others go, Hey, yeah, this is great. And then when they go to implement some type of training or protocol, a, a procedure, you're still going, wait a minute, you're, you're putting in bulletproof glass. Like that only works if someone walks in with a gun and you because, happen to be behind that bulletproof glass. Because well, what we're saying to people, let's, let's, uh, comment here on our very first observations on this pod. We were talking about our New Year's resolutions. Mm -hmm. So we go to a place, we give them the full Monty, we explain to them, we show them what training we do. Yeah. We tell them how we have to up armor the brain, all this important stuff, right? And then at the end of it, they go, hmm, we know that smoking will give you cancer. We know that unprotected sex will give you a baby or an STD, perhaps. Uh, we know that, uh, you know, swimming with an open wound in shark-infested water is bad. Yet, knowing all of that, what we'd rather do is put up a security camera and a sign saying no weapons in our lobby. Why? Because humans are lazy, Brian. Human beings, the minute that we start telling them, you have to do part of the work, 
you have to do some study. You have to do the research. What's the first thing that they do? They're like, shit, if I buy a, a bullet resistant window or if I, I put an alarm system on my car, then I don't have to do anything about it. What alarm system has ever, ever stopped uh, uh, a car from being stolen, Brian? I, and I'll give you the, uh, an example. The, the, and I don't know if I'm allowed to, to say this legal advisor waving me off again. An incident recently happened where I was privy to information where a pursuit occurred. The pursuit was initiated for a property crime. And this agency, much like the Detroit Fire Department that posted the photo of the burning building with yeah, them behind, they yeah, didn't yeah. risk any lives, nothing else to do it. But uh, talk about a self-inflicted wound. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Well, this other agency is a police agency, and they were passing around photos of melted hubcaps and a rotor on the scout car that got so hot after the pursuit that they were going, hey, look, it's glowing. My kid drives. My grandkids are out on the road. How would you feel if you had to go up and knock on a door and do a death notification and say, I was so involved, so tunnel focused on this, this pursuit for a property crime that all I could think of was catching the bad guy and I exceeded the limitations of that vehicle and killed your kid or your wife. So why would we want to exceed the limitations of our human performance? Do you get what I'm trying to say? So I'm saying that the other side of the coin you're asking me about, one, people are lazy. You've got to get involved. Okay, because if all of us stood up and said, no, the bad guys and terrorists wouldn't have any other place to go. Right. The other thing is not everything is important. And you got to start figuring out damn quick what's important, because if you're a copper or a security guard and you focus on those little things and you stretch that out, then the wrong people are getting hurt or killed or dying. And this guy with a three foot long weapon, I'm acting that out because if you watch the video, I'm sitting there going, fat man could have run down from the stage and tackled this guy. folks." The thing that you do or that you fail to do is what's going to make the difference in how this next 10 years goes, this new decade in 2020. So not platitudes, not, not some gosh damn uh, uh, thing, hey, I'm going to lose weight or get to the gym. Train your brain, up armor your brain, be stronger mentally, be faster, be harder to kill. And, and Brian, you say it best, by being a community, reach your hands across to other people. If we have more observation posts, the less likely uh, it's less likely that the enemy is going to be able to break into to our perimeter. It's just simple math, right? You're you'd always it's better to have uh, you know a group of people that are all looking out versus hey here's the one guy who's an expert because. I mean, look what happened. They had a even guy if who that was, group of people aren't experts, Brian. You're exactly or, or, right. Or even yeah, yeah, whatever. But like in this situation where I would consider in the church shooting that the guy who killed the gunman a, a subject matter expert in what his yes. craft is, and even and he was he, 71 years old and it didn't slow him down a lick. And as as good as he was and spot on as he was, it were, were, were goes to show you we're still behind the curve. And and that's yep. that's kind of the. The idea, it's, you know, everyone's applauding him and he should, he, he, he ended this, he ended, he made it from, from getting even worse, but it's, there's people still die. Amazingly safe. Uh, so, uh, but you're right. So listen, you asked me, so I'm going to ask you, uh, we've drone on about having a flashlight and, and having a ballistic flashlight, something doesn't matter the size, but that's bright and that can take impact, uh, right. having some sort of, uh, implement of self-defense, whether that's a, a uh, weapon system like a knife or a gun or a, uh, you know, a kubaton, whatever it is, uh, you wire a stick in your uh, uh, world, having a door wedge, uh, having a tourniquet, uh, and having a plan, okay? We, we go over and over and over and over that. And then when I encounter somebody that goes, hey, aren't you that idiot that was with that guy with the beard? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's me. And it's always the wrong guy. It's always the wrong show they're quoting. 
Well, when they come up to me, if it's the right guy, the few times that that does happen in an airport or something, I ask them, show me your door wedge. Hey, do me a favor. Where's your tourniquet? And they go, oh, I know you're serious about that. I, I really have one at home. Listen, aspirational thinking isn't going to save you from that guy that comes in there. And, and you might be able to give yourself first aid, give yourself that gift of time and distance. And all of that is for what, Brian? Yeah. All of that is for bang if we fail in that beautiful area left of bang preceding the incident. And I think that preparation goes in. I mean, you could you could even just go into how much, you know, you know, preparation helps you in a number of other different ways, right? If you oh, make yeah. a plan and then dive the plan, right, then then you're more likely to succeed if you stick to it, if you had that plan in the first place. But that goes for anything. So I always like to tie in, you know, not just kind of what we're talking about with behavior and these incidents, but just just to to human behavior in general and, yep. and how we think and act, right? And I always say a good you know, uh, economists are really good at a macro scale or a really large scale on how people actually work within a market or a system, right? Absolutely. That's why I tell people when, when they go, hey, I want to study human behavior, what should I do? I go, you know, go get a degree in economics because you'll get a job that pays you a lot of money. You got it. So, you'll do the same work, but you'll actually you'll, get an income. You won't be like us assholes, right? <laughs> You're, you're going to have some firm just pay you more than you could possibly spend. Yep. But anyway, but, but user the, experience, all that stuff is right, the same but, way. It's but, what we but do. The, the, and, and then the point is, is just like, and one of the, one of the things I read by this economist, I thought it was just a, a, a cool point. It's like, you know, he looked into, you know, do these baby books and parenting books actually do anything? Do they actually help? Right. Right. And his whole point was, you know, it doesn't matter what any of those say. If you're the type of person that takes the time to go out and educate yourself on the best way to raise your child and develop exactly. a plan, you're, you're already set up for success. You're already yes. thinking correctly. And, and, and you're going to think it's the book, but it's actually it's your you. detail. That, that, yeah, that's the point. Exactly that's right. a, it's the same thing that we teach. Yeah. It's like, it's not us. It's not what we're to. It's, it's you and you learning the skill set and applying it. So, so it's actually more about you and your experiences than, than it is about Brian and Greg. And that's why you see these guys about telling that here's my story about what I did. And let me that's, stop it. I that's one that story. That's one that story. Crap. And it's never going to happen again. Yeah. Hey, you know, who, you know, who's the, the worst parent in the world is Sean Clements. Our dear friend, Sean is out there right now. So <laughs> he's Sean, giving you the he's, finger right now. His, right, right, right now he is. But Sean, <laughs> Sean gets his daughters and his son and gets them in the sled and takes them to a school parking lot. And they go, Holy crap, dad, are you going to teach us how to drive? And he goes, no, no. out of the car, I'm going to teach you how to change a tire. And everyone <laughs> has to demonstrate the basics of changing a tire. They yeah. have to demonstrate push start in a car. They have to demonstrate all this crazy stuff. And, and you look at Sean and you go, he means it. This is the guy that will make them, you know, uh, in traffic. Hey, listen, uh, reach over and shut off the car. What street are we on? If we had a call yeah. emergency, can you get out? You know, Sean is the guy, the, the greatest thing is he's got a brain injury, but it's created this pure being of, of just right, wrong, good and evil, you know, and I only had one other guy that, that was as uh, serious as Sean and his, uh, his name's Dale Kelly. If you're out there, uh, shout out to Dale. He was walking through a mall in uh, Michigan and it was right after uh, one of my martial arts training courses. And he saw a guy walk by with a no fear baseball cap. Remember when that oh, stuff God. was popular? Yeah, I remember that stuff. And so he came up and he did a, 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 a throw and pinned the guy down and got right up in his face and said, how about now? You got some fear now? <laughs> go, Jesus Christ, Dale, why did you do that? And he goes, you know, every once in a while, they just ask for it. You know, yeah. like our waiter last night that uh, kept getting in my face with his top knot. And oh, uh, finally I said, hey, lay off this guy. He's a samurai. There are people that talk all that crap. Yeah. Brian, the simplest thing is have a couple of things in your arsenal 
have a plan and get thee to training. A little bit of situational awareness training is going to go a long way. And then you might never have to use your shooting training. And wouldn't that be a great world? Wouldn't it be great that, that we, we could talk it out and de-escalate I, rather than shoot it out? I would say it actually will make you better at it too um, because you, you're actually, your cognition is going to be better. You're reading the situation better. You're, yeah, you're going to be operating at a lower rate. Lower level you're not going to be in the yeah, red, right? You're, you're not going to get up to that level of physiological or, or exactly psychological right. arousal where you become overwhelmed. And overwhelmed you by events. You're going to be calm, cool, and collected and you're, it's just going to be an easy, you saw a 71 year old guy that was the yep. opening in the window that he had done his entire life yep. i bet afterwards he's looking at people going what what did i do because yeah. that's how he's good like, I've he done was that, right i've done that ten thousand times you know but if that's not you but if that's not you and you didn't do the work and you didn't do the rehearsal and you didn't do the diet and the run and all that other stuff don't expect it to happen so you uh, i want you to folks i want you to think for a minute it's new year's it's a new decade think of sylvester stallone and cliffhanger where he's hanging there by one hand with the girl hanging, and then he, like, you know, switches hands and does that stuff. That ain't you, and it doesn't get easier, okay? So if you yeah. don't do anything, you don't expect any results, but people do. Yeah, if you see me in the gym, that's definitely not me. There should be right here. Should be right here. Results not typical. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Uh, so I'll just uh, kind of remind everyone they could check out the uh, the Patreon site, uh, the the left of Greg Patreon site. We got all kinds of extras up there, and we're adding Thanks stuff for that, every every single week. Um, it's only a couple bucks, and with just the ideas, you know, with that money, if you guys subscribe, um, it gets us to have better quality stuff. We're just putting it right back into the show and the content, so so it'll only and you get can better. See so far, you can see the the backgrounds have <laughs> maybe uh, virtually identical. Maybe yeah. the burrow maybe another burrow. Have, like, maybe another burrow. I don't know. Who maybe knows? facing the other way. Maybe maybe you two know? dragons this time. That's so, so great. So, all right. I think that's a good point to kind of kind of bring it in for a landing. So we appreciate everyone tuning in. Tell Thanks, your friends everybody. about it. Share the show with everyone. Follow us on Facebook. All that good stuff. So uh, be safe. Have a happy new year. And um, I apologize again for not having uh, Sam Soleimani uh, on the show this morning. He is. Yeah, no Kasim really. It was a really disappointment because. I think he could have stayed on the phone just a little longer, folks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Don't forget, training changes behavior. Love you, Sean. Sorry for dropping you into Greece. Thanks for tuning in, folks. If you would like some more information about what we talked about today, you can head to the Left of Greg Patreon site where we've added some more information about what we discussed as well as some examples of how you can practically apply some of the lessons learned. Please remember to tell your friends about the show and follow us on Facebook at HBPRA. Thanks again and be safe.